This is a story of Nave Martin's maiden Joe Ward triumph. I caught up with JP Rooney, Sam Mulroy and Craig Lynch at the end of 2020 and they told the story of their wonderful season. With no yearbook last year and scraps of newspaper articles easily dispersed, I wanted to document a historic year for the club all in one place and to have it on record for years to come. That is what the Loud and Proud Glory Days is all about. Brought to you by Mortis of Drogheda. Sam, I'll start with you. I just the year that was in it when COVID first broke, was it hard or was it nearly easy to get motivated to keep going this season? Um, I suppose it was a weird one. I think um, obviously a situation none of us have ever been in, and um, at the start it was kind of as probably we spoke about it before. It was probably kind of it was enjoyable actually been away from football for a while and not having to worry about it, and probably having a bit of time to to, our, to ourselves was nice. Um, and to spend time at home actually was was weird and and was enjoyable getting to spend time with my family was probably one of the benefits um of football being off and stuff but then on the motivation side of things i kind of think um i think motivation is kind of um comes and goes and i think it's the same way everyone but i think kind of habits stick um, more so than that and so i probably was sticking to routines and um, more so than looking for motivation so it was kind of um trying to train once a day or whatever it was twice a day and um putting that that schedule together to allow me to do that um so that that, that motivation um if it did go it, it didn't really matter i think that habit um sticks a lot a lot better than the motivation so that was what i was kind of working off i think um, and, and i think it worked well for me jp did you find that did you feel oh this is like it's like nearly liverpool having the covid in the middle of the season and they just want to win it. Did you feel this is delaying things? This is a big, massive obstacle that's coming in between yeah. the hands and the Joe Ward. Maybe a bit unlike Sam training twice a day. I was probably training twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I, I I don't think that uh, I don't think the winning of Joe Ward came into it at the start. Like uh, I think we were as as far away as as I suppose we were any other year. Uh, uh, motivation. Look, I, I, Sam there said, I think everyone kind of went through it. Like you go through one week where you were giving it everything, and then kind of was easy to to sit back and uh, God knows when football will happen this year. And and I suppose then when we did get back, it was probably helter skelter, and probably a couple of lads unfortunately missed out a wee bit, but we got injured injured in that. Probably trying trying to train too hard, uh, but no, I, I definitely don't think of winning the Joe Ward. Or I don't think it was Liverpool. I just think think everyone was looking forward to just getting back. And I suppose thinking about it now, and even thinking about it today, like it just goes to show with football and winning, it's not it's not the be all and end all. I just think at the minute, I think if lads could get back to train even and 
you know, I think it's just a bit of competitiveness now. Uh, competitiveness. So that's what, what I miss mostly about it and, you know, competing. And Craig, did you did you find that as well? Were you ready when it came back or were you, were you waiting? Did you find the group was ready and willing to go? When, when yeah, like yeah. lads were fed up. We were, I suppose, the same as every other team. Everyone was doing their, their 1K trials and their push-up competitions. And, you know, like we were taking videos of ourselves doing as many push-ups as we can, like, you know, and all I was, and I was editing the video. You could only see the top half of my body. My knees were on the floor. I think it took a couple of weeks before Sam called me out. And I like, but, you know, like it, it, was a, it was a really strange one. It suited me down to the ground because I was carrying a groin injury for a long time. And it gave me that time to to set, settle, basically. And as Sam was saying, it just kind of relaxed and get your mind off football, which benefited me a massive amount. You know, like I've never done a thing from March the 12th until whenever we went back training in July or whatever it was. You know, and I loved that break. I really loved it. But then when training came back in, I was mad to go. Do you know what I mean? Because I felt good. Do you know, like I was struggling a little bit with fitness but you that was going to come with the training and on top of that you're kind of you're back with your friends you know lads that you mightn't have seen you know you have a group of friends that you'd see but then you have lads that you probably don't see unless you're in training you know and when all that started to come back together it was um and the weather was fantastic as well when we started again wasn't it so no it was brilliant like it was brilliant to get back at it and fit and healthy i suppose yeah and you were kind of you're nearly giddy when you when you get back after covid and then it showed how close you were as a group, even in the group stages. You fairly well took care of the Dreadnoughts and then that late, late win against the Mocktas. How key was that, Sam, for the belief straight away in the group stages? Yeah, I think um, the Clotter game was, was just showed how hungry we were for it. Um, I think we played really well as a team that day um, and everyone kind of it went well. We gelled um, that day and then looked as typical us, probably um, the, the following game wasn't as good as the... As the one before, but um, and I think probably it showed a little bit of how much we come along maybe in in the last few years pulling it out of the bag in the last minute, and um, and we got we got through top of the group, and um, but that was the goal I think when once we got back is it's the same as everyone get through the group and you don't look no forward and there was two teams we taken um taken care of and to be played against and and I think that's what we done and we done well enough I suppose one good game and one probably poor game but um and that was what that all that was what the target was at that stage I think the lads will agree on that and you. Did you did you see JC coming up the back post for the for the late goal? The corner, did you want to slip it in yourself? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I thought about uh, having a crack myself, but I, I know the boys would have uh, the boys would have had a go. And uh, no, I did. He, I think we spoke about it after. He, he didn't think I saw him, but um, thankfully and a little bit of luck, I suppose that that it came about. I was about to have a shot for a point, and I think someone cut across me, and it was a mess and. We managed to get it back to JC at the back stick, and and uh, he 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 stuck it in the net like, and it was it was relief more than anything at that stage. I think. Yeah, it was, it was a great win, and it kind of set you on your way. Is that is that the Fergal real impact, Sam? Does he is he setting the standards for you? Are you are you like are you pushing each other on? Are you driving to the last minute from Fergal's impact? How how do you how have you found it? Um, I think he's. <laughs> He's a mentality monster. I think he, he all he cares about is winning matches, um, and that's that's probably what he instilled a little bit in us. It doesn't have to be probably sexy the whole time, um, just win, winning games. And that's that mocks the game. That mocked this game probably uh, emphasised that a lot. And um, we didn't play uh, play that well um, individually or as collectively. So 
Um, I think winning games when we're not playing that well is 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 really important. And I think probably if we've done that throughout the season, actually, um, when you look back at some of our matches, we weren't we weren't great in a lot of patches of games. So um, I think Fergal has brought that along, and um, it's it's easy when you look back and see how, why the Pats won championships. And um, Fergal kind of brings a little bit of steel to you, um, and he takes no shit. So um, that was probably what he brought to the team. You you must JP. That must be kind of. Uh, a real contrast for you. You've had so many managers down the years. Um, what 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 has uh, impact has, do you find Fergal has? Like being your massive leader in the group, have you have you seen your leadership role? You kind of change your role in the field this year. Is that true, Fergal as, as well? Uh, I don't know what you're asking me there. Is it my role or yeah, I suppose. Well, uh, I'll get to your role in a minute. But the, yeah. what what's your impact of Fergal like? From working with other managers, I suppose has he just exactly what uh, what Sam has said there. Like he, it's all about winning with Fergal. But I suppose you know you would have heard so much about him. You would have thought I, I was expecting this dictator to kind of come in and not allowed to laugh at train and like. But he's serious when he when he has to be. But there is leeway with him. But it's it's also the other side of him as well that uh, like. Probably a lot of lads wouldn't even see the ringing round he does, or meet lads one on one, even meet lads one on one to train with them. That you know, you, I never would have thought that side was was in him from what you hear. Like so, yeah. you know, there's more there's more to him than than what you'd hear, I suppose. You know. And then you're then I get to your role then as responsibilities like. You're the talisman. Everyone thinks Nave Martin. You think JP Rooney. Your role kind of changed then, as nearly your responsibility as a leader within the group. How did you find that? Uh, I don't think I would have changed that much myself off the pitch or on the mm-hmm. pitch. I suppose the the big thing for me and my role was, and probably not until maybe reflecting on the year that. It's kind of only really sinking in now, but I suppose I would have been a 15 minute player, I suppose, last year. Uh, would have accepted that, but I suppose coming on and thinking about the games that I did come on and looking back, I probably come on thinking I was a 21 year old and was probably trying to run ever to maybe impress too much or something like that. And uh, I know me in, in the any involvement I had. I, didn't really have any impact, you know. So uh, I sp- it's just probably accepting that I am only a, f- a fifteen-minute man. That that we'll say going ahead for this year. That uh, maybe not even or whatever. But uh, just accept that I don't have to run everywhere. I'm not there to 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 run a marathon when I come on or whatever. But if I can bring stuff off the pitch, talk to a young lad or talk to a lad that's the uh, Maybe struggling or anything like that. That it'd be more off the pitch of a role than I'd have, I'd say, than than on the pitch. Craig, like JP alluded to there, you have Fergal has this perception of being ultra defensive and winning at all costs. But in the quarter final, you fairly well opened up, like four twelve, big heavy scoreline. It, it must it must be a lot of reassurance in front of you, and then to express it up going forward. Yeah, I suppose the main thing he brought for me and in my position would have been. Um, responsibility do you know what I mean like so naturally enough a lot of our lads are happy enough going one way and you know they might become a little bit lazy going back the other way but the one thing I did notice from him was he wasn't accepting that you know like he wasn't accepting them lazy runners back into the defence 
you know, like um, he wasn't, he wouldn't have been happy with lads with a lazy one-arm tackle or a pull of a jersey. So I think he initially started that off with us, kind of mentioning it in a couple of the, I think we played ACC games. Um, I remember playing against the Jair Lions at the start of last year. And he was calling lads out for it. But as the year went by, we started doing it a little bit more ourselves. So it didn't necessarily have to come from him. You know, so I don't think he would have, he, maybe I could be wrong here, but I don't think he changed the way we played at all. People always say to me, like, what did he, what way did he play? Was there a sweep? We kind of played the same way as we did with Jim and that, but lads, I think, just took a bit more responsibility in doing the dirty work, the defensive work, and I suppose bringing a bit more aggression to what we were looking to do, you know, where we were probably guilty of in, in previous years. And I remember you saying that after the game that um, Jim and Christy take a lot of credit for even this year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like our attack in football, like, you know, and the way we want to play and the way we, I suppose, it's not even the way we want to play. It's, it's I suppose, them clutch moments in games when things aren't going well. Like we probably learned, I think it was the Gales we played in maybe 2017 where they kind of set up a blanket in, across their own 45 and we struggled and kept getting caught on the counter. You know, like, and over the years, like, Christy would have said a lot of the top six inches, trying to learn from your mistakes and Liney as well. And we would have put a lot of our training around that, you know what I mean, thinking on the spot. And it kind of showed, and then you have clever players with, like, Owen Callahan coming in, like, you know, in your back line that knows how to get you out of a tight area. And John Clutterbuck, who can run you out of a tight area. And then once we're in the forward line, then you have the two boys there that, just know how to score, do you know? That all came from, I would say, us, you know, 90% us, 10% the coaches we had, you know, stopping training sessions, talking to us, mm-hmm. like, well, hang on a minute. If you do that in a game against a so-and-so team, is this going to work? Are you going to be able to run down that narrow channel? Like, you're going to get turned over. So we stop and we speak about it as a team. And I'd say that's probably where we improved most in the last number of years, where probably back, five years plus we didn't really think about it we just kind of went out and played the game and obviously weren't good enough at the time and obviously that night Sam you you hit a hat-trick your your confidence and your your form is soaring it, how have you found taking on the mantle of being like the jocks chief scorer free taker and, and and all that comes with that did you find in the quarterfinal it all just that was the that was the night that it all came together chief big head uh-huh. <laughs> I, I big bits to fill there, really big bits to fill. So uh, definitely, definitely not an easy task. Like, but um, no, it doesn't. Uh, um, I suppose it phase me, or I don't actually mind it. To be honest with you, I kind of like it a little bit. I suppose a little bit of pressure of the of the free taking, or as the been that you know that you have to probably maybe score a few points that we're going that we're going to need to win the game, etc., etc. But um. No, it don't, it doesn't bother me. I kind of like the pressure. I like to think it's a little bit of a privilege if you're if you're getting them scenarios and you're putting yourself in them positions. You're you're obviously maybe good enough to do it. So um, no, I like it. Um, as I said, you have big boots to fill with with, with Johnny there. So um, looking to help that he has when he comes off the bench and probably the the few lads that we had coming into the team this year with Tom Gray and Sean Healy, lads who can score as well, who um, take a little bit of pressure off. Um, me as well and led me to play a little bit further out the pitch I suppose and do a little bit of different work for the team um, but no kind of enjoy it the Gales match was um, a good one 
um, played well. We all played well, um, and the game opened up in the second half. And I, I think we got a goal. My first goal was after two minutes, I think, from a, from a kick out, like, and that kind of set the tone. It was like, well, they couldn't sit back then on us now, and we learned from that scenario uh, that we played in 2017. So, um, then the I think rest Derek of the really got sent off in that game, Sam, did he? <laughs> yeah, twice, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so. And yeah, you, not a Gales game. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Tom Gray, Sean Healy, uh, and those like, and then there's obviously Wheelow as well. Wheelow gets a great yeah. goal in that quarter final, and then he just takes off in the semi final. But JP yeah. was a little bit of pressure going into playing the Mockers again in the semi final. I suppose everyone probably expected a Blues Martins final again. Uh, was the pressure? I, I I don't think we would have felt the, any any pressure. I think any game that we're playing at the minute, especially knockout uh, uh, games, uh, there's always that added pressure. But like I, I, like, I know Sam said it earlier and I know it's probably the same or whatever, but we probably wouldn't have been looking to the final. Uh, we wouldn't have got carried away like, come back to what we were saying earlier about years ago, we probably would have been it's Democritus will be who we play in the final, but like we respected them and we know the game to give us in in the group yeah. stages, so we knew nothing was going to be easy. Uh, we knew we would have to perform, and no, I, I definitely don't think there was any added extra pressure on getting to a final round and like that. Uh, and go back to what Fergal when we were on about Fergal, like what Fergal would have bring in was just tunnel vision and. We, no one was getting carried away. We were focused on what job we had to do. We had to play the Marcus. Uh We know the game to give us in the in the group stages, so we knew we'd have to be at our best. So there was no not taking it lightly, not over pressured, but but just focused on it. And uh, speaking of focus, Tom Gray's finish and even Wheelow's goals in those games were. were yeah, so look, I think from a young age you, you knew what Tom Gray was going to bring. You knew what Sean Healy was going to bring. Like. You know, and you talk about swagger and that, like like pressure in the semi final of the championship wouldn't have crossed his thought the young the, the 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 young boys or whatever. So, uh, yeah, look at and what you said there, Wheelow Wheelow. Again, I don't think Wheelow would overthink things or put too much pressure on himself. He just goes out and plays football for the love of it, and I suppose it's the proper way to play. Uh, but yeah, look at Tom and and Sean have been two massive finds, you know. And in around this time, in the build-up to the final, Ward kind of gets out, Craig, that Jim McGuinness is in the mix and all that. What what was the impact or to the extent of Jim's involvement? Probably had to cut my holiday in Clare short, JP, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 we were down after the Marcus game for two or three days down in Clare with the girlfriend, you know, and I says to um, Fairglaf the game, he says, look, I'm Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was going to be down in Clare with the woman. It's not going to be a drinking or anything. I'm just going down for a few days, you know. And uh, he says, yeah, yeah, no bother. And then I get word then that McGuinness was coming Wednesday. So I ended up having to get the, the holiday cut short for a training session and a dirty, wet night that wasn't too pleasant. I think, did you do it, JP? No. It was, yeah. it was a disgusting session, wasn't it? It wasn't too wonderful. Now. It really, really put you, to the, put you to the wire, you know. Like, And I think we were playing the Gales... Or the Marcus after that, after that Wednesday night. I remember, I think it was the, the Marcus on the, on the Sunday. It was the Gale, was it? And I remember thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to be able to walk come Sunday okay, yeah. after this, you know. But um, 
is is what he brought to it. It's probably very similar to what JP described as um, uh, Fergal was tunnel vision, you know, or just refocus us again, which is what we needed around the right time. You know, we got through the group stages, done what we wanted to do, and then just refocus now on our, our long term goal. You know, it was our long term goal for so long. Refocus in and find out how to get there. And how does that come about? Your physio. Your physio, yeah, JD, JD, the JD would have been our physio when Jim, I think it was Jim's first year. He's from Monast Device. Yeah. Oh, he's not from Monast Device. He, he yeah. lives in Monast Device, but um, I think he was just, I think he was just as as a friend would be plaguing him to come down, and give us a hand, you know. And I think eventually he did. And then after that first session, I think I think he enjoyed it. You could see it in him and. I didn't, I, he wasn't planned to come down again, you know, that wasn't spoke about, but I think it went well, we responded with him, he responded to us, and it just made sense to, to go again, you know. Do you sense that, Sam, that oh, everything's kind of coming together here, going into the final? Uh, yeah, I suppose when you're, when you're getting trained by Jim McGuinness, um, something's, something's uh, happening, so... Um... Yeah, look, it was as Craig said, it was unbelievable, and the the sessions that we had, um, the few sessions that we had with with Jimmy were were brilliant, um, and I think everyone learned something like from the thirty thirty five lads that trained that night it was like everyone took something from it. Um, he his attention to detail was absolutely incredible, um, and as I said about Fergal, probably easy to see why Donegal won championships. Um, but yeah, look, it came together nicely. Look, it happened pure probably luck like that JD comes back to be our physio this year and Jim, and he's friends with Jim McGuinness like and it was look we we kept it in house obviously and um whatever and it went went well like I suppose it was nice to, to learn off the best that's one thing JP you might you'd probably notice that as well from down the years that if if something's kept in house like Sam said and more doesn't get out it's a really good sign of a tight bunch going going places yeah, and we, we we were on about the bond earlier. I, I definitely think like the, it just goes to show what what's there. And yeah, look at it's you know like uh, you'd be you used to leave dressing rooms, whatever where teams would be named, and sure it'd be leaking out, and that'd be at intercounty level. So you know, for a club to to do it, like for a club, even with the whole parish that it didn't really get out was was unbelievable. Uh, like I'm sure. Half the parish would have been down there to to watch him train if they hadn't known. Like so, it was it was brilliant that way. But again, just a quick one on Fergal. It just goes to show what type of man Fergal is. That he could have been, you know, I'm Fergal. Real have won five championships in Loud already. Why would I need Jim McGuinness? So it just shows again that he's not the the person he's probably made out to be. Or people think he is that he was man enough to say, look, it, I'm getting in All Ireland uh, when the manager down here. I'll take it, like you know. So we we go then. You take you're taking on RD in the final, twenty seventh of September, twenty twenty, and I just I just fast forward a little bit. We get into the game with the lads in a second, JP. But what what's your feeling straight away after the final whistle? Like, did you did you ever think you would do it? Uh, if I think far about back, far enough back, I'd say no. I'd say no, but definitely, and I've said it to you. A few times down, 2016 was massive when we when we bet you in the relegation battle, and because we all knew what was coming, Sam, Wheelow, Callow, JC, all these lads were coming. Uh, so we knew that that was so important to to win that year. Uh, and then what the what the lads brought then, like a lot of players come in and are happy enough to to be part of something, whatever. But 
what 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 them lads brought in was just like you knew something was going to happen because they weren't taking any prisoners. Like if someone was acting the mick or whatever, they were being pulled up, and it wasn't been pulled up by senior players. They've been pulled up by by these young young lads coming in and. You know, it was just a breath of fresh air, you know. And obviously then back then we had Benny as well driving 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 the the team as well, you know. Is is it relief? But, yeah, the, uh, then, yeah, you knew something was coming, so yeah. Was, was it relief for pure happiness, JP? Was it relief for pure happiness when when it, when it, when he's got over the line? Yeah, it's it's funny, like yeah, you go back to the Two finals that we lost, and you, like even like now I wake up at night I'm thinking of the Leinster final. I think more about the two finals that we lost, uh, more more than this one. It's kind of strange. Like uh, probably you know yourself from winning. Like I definitely think you think of defeats more than than you do of your win and what could have done, what should have done. But that that's not there now. Like you're not waking up in the month of December going, "Geez, I had it done that, or why didn't mm-hmm. we do this?" So. You know, so that's probably the main thing as opposed to the relief or anything. I'll go back to what I said earlier about you can just see at these times that it's more about competing and playing and enjoying football than I know everyone wants to win or whatever, but everyone can't win. So, yeah, I suppose it's it's about competing and, and enjoying it. JP has mentioned there, Sam, that um, we got over the line, but... Early on in that game, I'll get to you in a second, Crouch. Don't worry about the final. But Sam, Mick goes off injured early on. Things aren't going right. Ardy are, are all on top of you. Actually, even before you take on Ardy, was it weird playing Ardy in a final and not, not the Blues? Was that an, even in your head? Or was it like the fact that it was in Darwin to, to nobody, no spectators even? Was that in your head or was it just focus? Um, no, it was probably JP said that at the Tunnel Vision it was it was another match to us um, that we had to win and um, we played four of them already um, that we had to win so it was another game at that stage um, a little bit different um, no big crowd no drada um, which probably suited a lot of us um, no boggy grounds or anything uh, big players like myself <laughs> um, but no, look it was it was a weird situation um, but um, I think playing RD was no different than playing the Blues it was kind of like there's a team there to be better. Are we going to go beat them or not? Um, you could have put anyone in front of us, I think. Um, that day it was it was tunneled. Uh, it was focus, and that's all it was. Um, no matter who we were playing that day. You, you got off the good start. A few nice. Well, Callo gets the first score just to settle his down. Looked like a, a move that maybe Jim worked on. Jimmy McGuinness worked on, which is. But you got your freeze. The first one goes over, and then that just gets you into the groove straight away. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a big free as well. I think it was the first one was out out wide on the sideline, so it was uh, wasn't a nice nice settler. But once you go over that kind of, um, you're in you're in a little bit of a groove. Then I suppose and um, you relax a little bit. I suppose and I was after missing, um, I think four or five frees in the final year before. So um, they're not that they're playing on your mind or anything, but it's kind of like um, you don't let that happen again. So nailing down a free was was nice start to the game, and then. As you said, Callow got the first score, which we needed. I think it was we uh, we were under a little bit of pressure. We, we weren't playing well. Um, there was a lot of nervous and graft kicking two or three balls away that into the forward line that were never on and stuff like that. So to get score on the board and then to hit a big free um, for myself was probably a nice little settler. 
Yes. And then Craig, then your call to action. Well, Stephen Campbell gets black card as well. Mick goes off injured, like I said. Uh, and then your call to action, Craig. You, you, you actually spoke to you after the game. Um, you talked about penalties and you, you, you had a vision of it beforehand before, in the lead up to the game. Yeah, yeah. I was, I suppose you're sitting like, you're thinking like, what, like, how can I, how can I prepare myself during the week outside of training? times you know and stupidly I had a bit of time on my hands you know and I was YouTubing and I was <laughs> looking up videos of tips you know to save penalties and I had in my head Darren Clark would take it obviously being the potent forward that he is I presumed it was him that was going to take it you know but um, I probably had to say the penalty because it was me that pulled um, Gilla down you know so it was, it was my own fault and I suppose like it's a bit of nerves and once like it was a very nervy start from both teams both teams just kept giving the ball away and kicking it away and missing shots for the first few minutes and then for me oh yeah i think i kicked the first kick out over the sideline you know hopefully no one remembers that but um once you get a bit of good luck you know and it fires you up and then the light boys start scoring and and doing the job and doing everything that was asked to them, you know, you start to become a little bit more confident. You think, geez, maybe today might be our day, you know. And you're making big saves, like yeah, like, but you're let they're letting. I suppose the defense is letting them in in front of you. And do you find you're ready? This is like, is it was it something that you're really confident in yourself after two finals? Let's go and making these big saves. We're not going to lose today. Probably not. No. Um, like you're gonna like in my head, I knew we were gonna be called into action at some stage because the forward line the Marys have is is exceptional. You know, it strike the fear of God in anybody. You know, especially on a big field like Darwa. So I knew there was going to be times where they were going to get in, and then it comes down to you're trying to think who you're playing against, what they favour, and they shipped a few goals in against us in the league. They gave us a right trim on that day, and I was just thinking about. I suppose different ways <laughs> forwards like to shoot, but it was probably all a lot of rubbish because you know all I can do at the end of the day is go out and try and close it down as best I can, and hope to God that the ball hits off me. And I said it a couple of times after the final, when your luck's in, it's in. You know, another day, all of them just rolled past me. You know, and I I fully understand that. Like I wouldn't say I was a better goalkeeper from one final to the third final. You know, it's just. I honestly do believe that there was a bit of luck involved. I was in, I put myself in the right areas, I suppose, but the ball, a lot of them hit off me, you know, rather than me pulling a, a wonderful save out of the bag, you know. Yeah, you're, you're being very humble, Craig. You, 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 you ended up a man of the match. After. Not like him. Not like him at all. <laughs> do, do, do you find it it's redemption for yourself personally after 2018, the black card and what happened? Um, it's more redemption for my family. You know, I would have got a lot of stick on, on social media and Hogan stands and, and people would have had an opinion about me. And they still have an opinion about me, whether they think I'm good or bad. But um, I didn't want to be remembered for the black card in the senior final and in the game that we should have won. You know, and it was it was a brilliant thing to achieve, winning the man and match and the Joe Ward. But for me, it was that, like my father played in... Um, was it Division 4 something final there last year? Yeah, yeah. You know, he was a goal, he's 50 years of age, and Ke- Colin Kelly got a goal, you know, but that gave the ball away. And there was a comment made with 
linear shot of um, what happened and someone said then, oh, like father, like son. You know, and that really hurt me that he had to live through like a game that really meant nothing to not to nobody. Like he didn't care about it, but that's the way people were thinking, you know, and that kind of upset me a little bit more that I didn't want to be remembered for that person that, that messed up the final. So to get the opportunity to go again, because like after the first final, you're thinking, Jesus, will I ever get the opportunity to, to redeem myself? And I can consider myself blessed that I, I had the opportunity to redeem myself and to have the boys around me. Like the likes of like Sam and the lads kicking the scores. So like I watched the game back and John Clutterbuck's runs out of the fence was, was like like nobody seems to speak about that. Like, but when you watch it back, you think like it's just phenomenal what he was doing in that game. You know, and Owen Callahan going from being a centre forward all year to it almost a full back. You know, you look at moments like that and you go, geez, I was lucky to be playing with them type of lads, you know. Yeah, and JP, yeah. You're hanging in the game. It's probably your least best performance of the year. You're hanging in there, but you're still in the game. And then Wheeler gets the goal. And is that when you start thinking, okay, we could have, we could actually win this here now? If, I suppose you're probably not really thinking like that during the game, but thinking now when Wheeler gets the goal, you're probably saying yeah. But then RD had a had yeah. a spell then as well, uh, which we, we I don't know at times so we probably. Again, if you're thinking back on the final, I'd say if you if you look at it, I know Craig thinks about the positives as well. But if, if you probably look back, right, there's probably so much we can learn. And like I suppose, Ardy could have been home and hose in the first half, you know. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll just go. Then you kick on. Like I, I think the big thing in the final was when Stephen Campbell went off. I remember looking at the scoreboard, and I think we were four three, and I was saying, how the hell are we ahead? Like. Because uh, it looked like Ardy had all the play, you know. Uh, so that's like a credit to the to the boys on the pitch, uh, like then fourteen men on on that side of the pitch against an unreal team. Uh, but I just think the 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 unsexy stuff was just unbelievable in the final, you know. And that's maybe what a lot of people don't do in finals. It's the big day, and I want to be the man, and 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 forget about all that. And I think that's what stood to us that day more than other other years, other years that we that we were bet, obviously. That's it, Sam. It's it's all. It's just. It's about finals are there to be won, and I suppose you 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 just kick the freeze to just kill off any kind of comeback and just push yourselves and just get over the line. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, um, that's one that we probably heard from Christy a lot was the finals are AFC one and um, you know better than anyone about it. So, look, I think we, as JP said, we, <laughs> I don't know how we were ahead um, at the, uh, I think halftime. I, like, I never would look at the scoreboard at any stage during a match and I remember walking off at halftime and I had a little uh, look and it was 6-3, I think. You know, yeah, hey, we're ahead here, as as JP said. Like, so... Hey, look, and, and then as Crouch says, big moments come and you, you like tackle carrying the ball out of the fence or or if it's we love scoring that goal or a free that kind of puts you two or three ahead like in our sort of way and um those little th- those big moments matter and um as JP said done sexy stuff that that we done really well um winning kickouts like the goal came from Crouchy's booming kickout down the middle and big Val catches the ball like and tackles running off and it's in the back of the net like it's it's big moments like that that Darren really spoke about that done sexy stuff of putting ourselves in positions to get tackles in or turnovers or whatever it is so. 
Um, I think we've done that really well as JP. I think today. it was your last free, Sam, and it was uh, Gavin Mooney wins a dirty ball from a kick out, which, is, which just shows even Gavin's shown he missed. Was it the final previous he missed? Yeah, he missed it for calling or admitted to hospital on the, the first final, I think. Yeah, the first, the 16, I think he's calling into hospital on the day of, of the match, like, and like Gav didn't start many games for us in the maybe, um, if even, and comes on and catches a ball like that, like, and just to give us a little bit of a drawing stand with another free, like, so, like, there's massive moments. Sean Healy's kind of gets a flick on for yeah. the part in the goal, like, who didn't start the game up for the semi-final, quarter-final. There's massive moments and and it, and it really goes to show um, how much of a team effort at the year because um, it's almost shot and change. As JP said, there's, there was injuries at the start of the year. Thomas Sullivan goes out, doesn't play for a few weeks. Um, Jack Murphy Gavin comes in, then breaks his arm after the quarter-final. Gavin nearly lost a ton doing a job at home. <laughs> There was, there was loads of stuff that went on in the, in the space of uh, eight or nine weeks that, that we dealt with really well and just goes to show the strength. JP, um, what was your moment of the year? I suppose that's a, a simple question, I suppose. Uh, definitely, obviously, the, 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 the final whistle going uh, would have been obviously a massive relief uh, for, for for us all, I'm sure, like after knocking on the door for, for the last couple of years, just to, to finally get over the line, uh, that would have been the highlight. But I suppose, you know, uh, there's been a lot of things throughout the year as well, like a couple of Fergal speeches, a couple of Fergal's talks, just, you know, uh, but yeah, I suppose the highlight of the year was definitely the, the final whistle on the, on the big day. Craig, what would you put you on next? What's, what was your moment of the year? It's probably the same as JP. There's been so many um, moments during the year that you'd probably never, not that you'd never forget, but they were hugely important in, in different ways. But it all just obviously came to the final whistle on the big day, as JP says, where that obviously built as the, the best moment of the year. But there's and so like I've been chatting to one of the lads the other day on the phone and we were talking about it and he, he said something that he, I completely forgot about you know there's so many little moments in the year that you think back and you go Jesus do you remember that like that was brilliant like you know and there's probably been a lot of them moments JP probably agree over the last number of years since Jim and the boys took over maybe five or six years ago whatever it was there have been so many little moments that you can see there are building blocks we call them like that now looking back and you're kind of going Jesus that was massively important to where we are now like and what, what's the kind of, it, it, do, you, do you find it then all those layers and layers of defeat and all that, has that been like, has, have you used a serious bond now, even after, even after winning this year? That's a, what, I probably would have had a bond, probably would have, see, over the years, like how do you describe a bond, like you're playing with lads and you're, you're trying your best to win games and for so many years, like even before Jim's time, we just weren't winning games. Like, so you would have had a bond and a friendship there anyway through growing up with them, through training, but it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to explain, I suppose, to f- see even the likes of Benny there as well. Like That, to me, would have brought us, not even as a team or as a group of lads, it would have brought the community together big time. And that would be very hard to explain if you weren't there to people like it was just it just seemed to breed new life into everybody that tragedy you know and even in the club focus it just as a group of players it would have just driven you 
that little bit more than you would have been already given to try and win and achieve for in memory of Bernie because that's what he wanted. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what he said his life that it, is to succeed in football, and all of us would have seen it. You know, and for me, that there probably would have been the biggest one for us. And he, he in your thoughts straight away, JP, as well when the final whistle goes. I well, yeah, he, like I suppose, I suppose the probably the same. A lot of lads you would have talked about any most days, like, uh, you know, even with stuff that you didn't want to hear. Or, you know, at times that Benny was. Like what Crouchy's on about there is a, what the bond or whatever, and I think that's like I suppose the way Benny was. If you played shite, he'd let you know you played shite, but uh, in a positive way, if that makes sense. But but more so that if like I, I remember she's a couple of rows with him over a referee, and like he'd be going to town on me because I'd be giving out to referees and. <laughs> explaining why and you know but as well Crouchy says what it meant to him like like people talk about leaders and all that and Benny wasn't a big roar or, or a shout or anything like that but he just led by example and like he as Crouchy said there like he gave everything 100% and like you know you, if you're giving up if you're not giving 100% like you you can't look the man in the eye but like and that's I suppose the bond that especially in the last couple of years and I think more so with Jim because Jim probably brought a lot of that philosophy in that uh, and I just think everyone everyone grew everyone bought into it and we just grew as a as a as a as a team and you know like ne- never mind last year winning I'm, I'm probably not even talking about football I just think we we grew as as men and I suppose we can have the honest chats with each other and Craig, so you do you do get over the line, Craig. Is it extra special to be um, to be part like of getting over the line of being the first team within Nave Martin to to win the Joe Award? Yeah, yeah. I would have been very selfish in the sense for many years, thinking, "Jesus, I'd love to win a Joe Award," or how important it would be to me, to know. And you asked JP a question earlier on about how it felt when the whistle went. I remember talking, I think it was JP and Stephen Cameron at the end of it, and I probably didn't have much emotion at the end of it, you know, compared to what I thought it was going to be like in my head, you know, and then when you're looking over, obviously the supporters weren't allowed in the field, you know, so you're looking over and you're seeing grown men that show zero emotion for my entire life, do you know what I mean, roar and shout and clamoring to get over the, the fence, you know, where you're just thinking... Jesus, thank God that's over. I'm wrecked now. Like I was mentally really tired, you know, and it was it was a nice feeling, but you don't realise how much it means to other people as well as yourself or the boys that's in the team, you know. Like for the parish, it was it was absolutely massive because they buy into it as much as as we do, and they work as well and have to listen to, oh, geez, you threw away a final here, there, or you'll never beat this team or whatever. But they live it as much as we do, I suppose. Is it nearly more intimate, or was it nearly more intimate this year, JP? That it was just families there, and you, like you could, you could, they couldn't, everyone couldn't just jump on. It was just you with the players, and then when it all kind of settled there, and Mick lifts the cup, and Aidan Barrett finally finishes his speech, <laughs> <laughs> you get to go over to your family. You know, is that that's that's really nice, isn't it? A really nice the year that was in it, I suppose. Yeah, and. I suppose the crowd, as Sam said earlier, you, you weren't affected by that. Uh, yeah, like, Jesus, but 
nearly, uh, as you say, your family, they know what, what effort, well, I suppose the exact same as RD, they knew what their families knew, what the effort they give, or same as any other team. But I suppose the, the people that would have seen you the year before, like last December, fucking two o'clock at the night, why are you awake? And you know the sort of crack that, that they see what you go through, what no one else sees or whatever. And I suppose then to share it with them, but then to share it with the, with the bunch of lads that are there, are just is just what what was for me was was the was the, the biggest thing. And and Sam, uh, what was the celebrations like after? Did COVID affect you, or was it was it all kind of strictly into, uh, at home, or was it socially distanced drinks, or what way did it work out? Yeah, we just had a few quiet ones then. Uh, not major, I think we were home at eleven or something. Is that, is that <laughs> right, Craig? No, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, definitely yeah. I went home and had a cup of tea. <laughs> Bit like Kieran Kilkenny there's the last year after all, and the final I think it was a home, home uh, cup of tea and packet of biscuits on the couch. I think was it. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. JP, where did you where did you end up? Was it? Uh... <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> JP still trying to figure that out. Uh... <laughs> But it was it was brilliant for the family. Like you actually were or the the parish, I should say. Like you just were able to go out some and and enjoy it, uh, enjoy the moment with the parish. Donegan's done brilliantly to to allow to obviously restrictions and the rules. Obviously, that it was a, it was a weird one. Um, I suppose last year it was just mentally to do what you want and kind of thing. And um, it was a different scenario for everyone. So I think like all the families had tables booked in Donegan's um for the Sunday, and we went back there and. Um, we, we were there for the, the few hours that we had, I suppose, so around 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever it was. And then the next day was kind of us, the same thing, just kind of the players and the management um, went to uh, Dunningham's and Kills again. And it was, look, it was it was a weird one. Um, we couldn't obviously have the, the big celebrations that we would have liked. And you're obviously missing out on dinner dances and everything and the same as everyone is. So look, we, as as we're all doing, we're adapting to the, to the rules and regulations. So... Yes, weird, but definitely enjoyed, and it was nice to, to even on the Monday, as you know, um, but normally, normally more special when it's just the players and the management there, the people have done it, so, um, yeah, look, we, we enjoyed our, we enjoyed our few points, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, well deserved. JP, who's your unsung hero for, for, for the year that was in it? Uh, where do you draw the lines, you know? Mm. Like, I, I suppose, from where I have been the last year or two like you, I know throughout my career probably never sub a whole lot especially with the mountains but it's amazing what the subs have to go through you know and you know a lot of the, the subs are driving things week in week out that that's just unseen you know that sort of way uh, pick out one to their own right three kids same as yourself Dan you know how hard that like for him to get to training like a young lad wouldn't even know what he has to to do to get to train and uh, to know the two Smiths there put in serious effort. Like I could start naming millions of lads, but I suppose the two Whelans I think are. Uh, I suppose if you were a manager or if you were a coach, to if you were coaching there, the, the dream to coach, uh, get on with or do their job. You know, no fussing around, just do the job. But I suppose I didn't think we would be talking about them, but my one song here would be would be JD. My grandma uh, lives in Swords, probably was at the pitch more times than anyone to treat people. Drives down from Swords, 
probably five, six times a week, buried his mother uh, this year and was like in, in Donegal and like you, you wouldn't even say he was missed in the Martins because he, he didn't miss much. He was driving up and down from Donegal for, for just to maybe see one fella, you know. So JD would definitely be would would be my unsung uh, hero for the year. Craig, I'll go to you next. Yeah, JP probably hit the nail on the head. And when you originally asked that question, I thought, Jesus, how who do you how do you how do you pick one person? You know, like probably for me, unsung heroes. Obviously, we achieved what we want to achieve, but that goal has been there for a long time. But for me, unsung heroes would be like the the lads that got us to a level of, of competing for honours, you know, Jim, Farrell, Martin Morgan, Paul Clutterbuck, Hugh Lyons, Christy Grimes, like these boys put us in position to, to basically to learn how to compete for, for honours, which is something that we weren't used to doing, you know, so the likes of them boys now really, they moved us from relegation battlers to a, a bunch of lads that believed they could win whatever they set their mind to. Sam, we're finishing yourself with the final word. Head falling out, yeah. Look, I think the boys hit, hit the nail on the head with the with the people who came through the came through the club in the last few years and number of 20, 30, 40, 50 years of have put us in a position now to to compete. Um look, JD played a massive role in, in the team this year that people don't realise um he was here on I don't know how many nights a week, as JP said. Um, treating lads and I know I benefited massively from from having that little bit of extra um, with him so I think JD when you look at the boys who go around picking up footballs after us at training and throwing us gear back sanitising our hands going onto the pitch this year was massively like my my dad Gary or Healy um, you know people like that are, are brilliant and you, until they're gone you don't you don't even realise they're there so look people like that are, are massively important to the team and um, don't get enough credit I suppose so look there's loads of players who do all the dirty work and we all know what goes into that and um, it's hard to name a player like that but definitely the people who help around the club are, are massively important to us Brilliant. Congratulations, lads. That was uh, the Liam Martins, Joe Ward winning team for 2020. Thanks, Sam, Craig and JP. Cheers, Dan. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks to the lads, thanks to the Martin Club and well done on their victory. This loud and proud Glory Days podcast is brought to you by Mortis of Drogheda.